0: Hawks win, making it two in a row with a win at State Farm Arena over OKC 141 to 138. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go. All right, Mikey. Um Another win for the Hawks. Um, I wanted to jump into something as soon as we started this pod, just because it's something that Quinn Snyder brought up in a pregame presser um, about the Hawks home, home record being 4-9. Um, he said that the Hawks just have to play better. And it, he, he, he continued by saying that it's tough on everyone, the fans, the players. Winning at home is important definitely in here in Atlanta. What was your overall thoughts on this OKC game?
1: Yeah, he's right about a huge, huge win against a really good team. Second seeded team in the West right now uh, is OKC. And really, this game started out really well. The def- The defense in the first quarter by the Hawks was really good, um, only only 25 points in that first quarter. But after that, it, the it, 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 it didn't really go so well on the defensive side of the ball. The offense, however, Kept it up. I thought that offensively, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Jalen Johnson, all those three guys did a great job moving the ball. And the Thunder with the great perimeter defenders they have, uh, J- Jalen Williams, Kayson, Wallace, uh, guys like that, they were able to move the ball and, and score 140 points on a good defensive team. Uh, as well, the rebounding in this game for the Hawks was really good. Uh, they they won the battle on the boards, 37-49. to 49. Uh, against and against Chad Holmgren, that's, that's really good inside. And then lastly, what stood out to me was Quinn Snyder making a big change in his rotation, entering Trent Forrest into the game. And Tim, I thought him and, and Jalen Johnson, they really did a good job in that first half of limiting Shea and not letting him get into the rhythm uh, so early into the game.
0: Yeah, he only had nine points at halftime. And uh, I think, you know, With Trent Forrest, it happened even more in the second half. I felt like, you know, he really had a chance to shine in this game, and he definitely did. Going on into this one, we're going to go into the first. Uh, The Hawks go on a 7-0 run. And, you know, at this point in the game, the Hawks were playing really good defense, crisp rotations, everything.
1: Yeah, OKC was clearly out of of rhythm on offense, They Jalen Johnson's length was definitely bothering Shea at the beginning of this game, and it was kind of clear to me that the Hawks came out of this game, came out of the locker room with a certain energy and just a will to win this game because they know they know the stakes. Um, the you know new year, coach, the, this coach probably is getting is getting ready for this team to, to finally figure something out. And they came out with fire, with fire lit underneath him, it seemed like.
0: Yeah. Um, something that uh, I wanted to bring up kind of early in this is OKC was on the second half of a back-to-back. They played Boston the night before in a real close game. Um, you know, something that uh, Bob Rathburn brought up at the broadcast was that they didn't get to Atlanta until 5 o'clock in the morning. Um I I never understand NBA teams sometimes. Like, why not just let everybody go home, go to sleep, then you know, catch a flight at seven, come back and do shoot around. And like it just doesn't make sense to me. But moving a little bit further, um, the Hawks extended their run. It ended up being a 13 to 3 run. Um, great defense. Uh, J Dub and SGA <sighs> Both of these guys are good. <laughs> That's all you yeah. can really put to it. But you know, SGA hit a three, uh, J Dub had an am one He meant end up missing the free throw, but they cut the lead to eight to thirteen. And Clint Capella, and something the Hawks offense early in the first that I noticed was whenever the Hawks had a mismatch, they were going to they were going to it because you know. Most of the time, that's a way to get an easy bucket. Uh, they caught – Clint Capella was down low with SGA on him, and they were like, yeah, give Clint the ball. Clint gets the ball. He goes right up, gets the foul call. Easy stuff like that has production, definitely if you're you know looking for those mismatches.
1: Yeah. Holmgren, I thought t- tonight, you know, he's been one of the premier shot blockers in the league so far this season. But tonight, he didn't really have that impact. That um, the Hawks were re- the Hawks were really they they didn't look scared or, or nervous at all to to go at him, especially in the pick and roll and by the centers. I thought they did. A re- I thought they did a really good job, and uh, they they ex- kind of exploited Holmgren's lack of defense tonight uh, that that he doesn't normally have. Uh, the yes. Hawks as they go he, as they would.
0: Look- I wonder if he had heavy legs. Um- because of that back to back, because he only played 24 minutes in this game, um, which is you know really low minutes for him. So I wonder if he just had heavy legs because yeah, it, a- it wasn't on foul trouble.
1: It it was you know, he had one he had one foul. And there was another guy who was in foul trouble who played 29 minutes for the hawks, who we'll get to a bit later. But uh yeah, it yeah, that was a weird, weird game from the Thunder, especially in the first quarter. Yeah, and and
0: going a little bit further in uh, uh, the first, the Hawks go on a 16-5 to run. Uh, Two bogey threes, Sadiq getting to the free throw line, bogey floater. I I thought, you know, at this point the Hawks really stepped on the gas.
1: Yeah, really good to see bogey finally have uh, a hot start to some games because the last three or four games, after having a huge hot streak, he's been struggling from the field a little bit. So it was great to see bogey have a hot start. Always, you know, as a fan favorite, the Hawks fans say from me, "They're always going to go crazy when Bogey takes a three, makes a three, and and he gets a couple buckets in rhythm. Uh, that that always seems to happen. So when he get when he has hot starts, it seems like, and you and I have uh, talked about it many times on different on different pods. When he comes in the game and is in the lineup with Trey and Jalen, it unlocks so many options on offense, and generally that's when the Hawks extend their lead if they have one in the first.
0: Yeah, I mean, they stretched out the lead to 29 to 15. Um, I felt like the Hawks just kept, you know, kept on the gas. Another bogey three, Trey getting to the free throw line, you know, and they finished off the first quarter uh, 39-25. And I felt like, you know, that was the first quarter that we, we've we talked about, the Hawks struggling in first quarters, coming out slow, Um I felt like this was a really good first quarter for the Hawks.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, o- on both ends. You you score almost 40 points in the quarter, only giving up 25. And, you know, Bob Rathbun said something yesterday that I thought was interesting. Uh, he was talking about the new NBA and saying that if you can hold a team below 30 points now, that should be considered a good defense with has, with how guys are are so talented offensively. He said something along the lines of that. And I thought that that was interesting. Uh, especially for a Hawks team that lacks a lot, a lot of defensive talent, that should be the mark uh, for every single quarter.
0: Yeah, and going on into the second, uh, I felt like the Hawks, were, you know, kept on moving the ball. Um, I felt like Garrison um, Matthews made made a you know a really good impact in this game. Um, I felt like defensively, he was really good. His shooting was really good. I felt like, you know, he he definitely did his minutes uh, very well, um, you know, for the minutes he was on the floor. I felt like, you know, he took advantage of, of what the Hawks gave him.
1: Yeah, I, I think another guy that, that applies to is Trent Forrest for sure. Jalen goes out uh, ha- almost halfway through the first quarter, but before halfway through the first quarter with foul trouble uh, with two. He doesn't play at all. Uh, after that first quarter, when he normally comes back in with Trey, but Trent Forrest did a great job on on Shea Gildas Alexander, making it really tough for one of the best scorers and, in my opinion, top three MVP candidate in the league. Um, you got to got to give a lot of credit to both those both those veterans, Matthews and Forrest. I mean, well, Matthews is more of a veteran than Forrest, but you know, Forrest has been in these types of situations before. Uh, when he's now his number's called, he's ready, and you got to give him a lot of credit for that.
0: Yeah, something I saw in the second that was pretty awesome is, uh, you know, the Hawks had a turnover and Chet's on a fast break. And Trey Young uh, on Chet's gather breaks up what would be an easy dunk for Chet, check. And, man, I, that, that got me hyped up a little bit because, you know, we hear people talk about Trey Young's defense time and time again, but he still makes inf- impactful plays on the defensive end. And he's done it more this year than he's ever done it.
1: Yeah, you can hear the the six-man section chanting two-way Trey. Half the arena was doing it uh, after that play. So that that was really cool to see. And in the the second more going into it, um, Trey had an absolute dot of a pass to the far left corner. He was actually under the rim behind the backboard, throws a bullet with his right hand, and bogey makes a three from the corner. And he was behind the backboard as well. After that, uh, OKC needed a timeout. One of those plays where, you know, if you're the Thunder, you think you have Trey, Trey stra- uh trapped on that baseline, uh, but nah, it, it it didn't happen. Bogey hits that three, and and there was some momentum for the Hawks there.
0: Yeah, and the the next you know possession for OKC on the offensive end. I want to talk about this just for a second. Jalen and Bogey probably have one of the best defensive sets I've seen from the Hawks this season. Um, It was, I want to say, Giddy and Isaiah Joe and they were making they were setting screens and jalen and bogey switch three times never losing any containment on either guy and it was just phenomenal they ended up turning over the ball um, for an easy you know jalen johnson uh layup but that kind of defense from the hawks is something that they need night in and night out To see that, you know, they have the communication and that kind of stuff down, I know it's only with two players, but you know it can work. Like, you know that it's possible if, you know, you can see two people doing it. I think a lot of the Hawks' defensive problems have to do with communication. Um, DeAndre Hunter being out, being, you know, the main organizer on defense probably doesn't help that situation, but... You know, it's good to see you know those two guys at least communicating and, and you know really playing great defense there.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned DeAndre Hunter, especially for that back line. But yeah, moving on a little bit, uh, Hawks fans saw Dejounte Murray throw a lob for a Jalen Johnson dunk. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a, a heavily heavily talked about subject about Dejounte not really able to to see those lob opportunities, and this was awesome uh, from Dejounte to see that. And this was one of Jalen Johnson's many dunks in the second half. In, sorry, in the second quarter. The the Hawks continued to play great defense for the majority of the beginning of the second quarter. Uh they went on a 6-0 run, giving themselves a 60 to 40 lead. And then we see another defensive moment from Trey Young when he takes a charge. And you know, Clint Capella and Trey are in that charge battle with each other. So that's that's really fun. That's really fun to see some some team competition with each other, and they're, they're always having fun after one of those guys takes the charge. Yeah, and,
0: you know, Jalen uh, in this game, I felt like um, defensively it probably wasn't one of his best games, but his impact on the boards, his impact um, passing the ball, his impact getting to the rim really affected this game. Um, he tried to put uh Ch- Chet Holmgren on a poster, um, in the second quarter. And, um, you know, that aggressiveness is something us Hawks fans always love to see. Um, and you know, something he, he ends up getting the foul call, hits both free throws, and later on in the quarter, guess what he does? Puts Chet he, Holmgren
1: on a poster. <laughs> That was nasty, and he he was a full-on. Oh, you look up a definition of a poster. There's that dunk right there.
0: Yeah, and. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, right, right after that, you hear, uh, you see Jalen mouth. I told you I was going to get him and, you know, he was mouthing that to the bench and, you know, maybe that's, you know, Jalen calling his shot, you know, letting his teammates know that, you know, that's something he was going to get tonight. And man, it was awesome to watch. Yeah.
1: the, The arena went crazy. Uh, uh, That was was one of the better moments eh, as far as one singular play uh, for for a Hawks game eh, in a while. But at halftime, the Hawks grabbed themselves at 76-59 lead. Jalen Johnson had 14 points. Sadiq Bey had double digits with 10. Trey had 16. Bogey had 18 on four or five from deep. Uh, DeJounte struggled in this game in the first half, only four points on four shots. But when Trey – didn't have his shot working and had to shoot a lot of threes uh, due, due to the perimeter defense of the Thunder. Dejounte Murray saw that he got going in that second half. I thought he was a very good in that second half.
0: Yeah, uh, DJ did an old flip flop. Um, he he uh, normally he, he struggles in the second half, and you know, you know, plays good in the first half. This one he he struggled in the first half and definitely picked it up in the second half. And going into the second half, starting with the third. Um, I felt like the Hawks really started out this game really slow in the third. Um, Trey misses uh, a three. Giddy goes down and gets a three. Um, you know, you know, it was an easy Dort dunk, like, on the first possession of the game. We didn't even get to watch it on the broadcast. Like, it was so quick. It was just like, boom, Dort dunks. And then Trey comes down, takes an early three, you know, misses it. Giddy goes down gets his three. run just like that in the snap of a finger um, DJ cuts that, you know, by hitting a midy, and uh, you know, Chet goes down and gets a layup. Jalen hits a three. Um, I felt like, you know, at that point it was kind of that back and forth game.
1: Yeah. The thunder, the thunder really made this a game in this third quarter. They went on a massive run, pulling the lead to 83 to 72. Uh, so 11 point game here. And something weird in this third quarter tim there was a huge stoppage in this game probably close to 10 minutes uh and and you know the third quarter probably would have been close to over by then but there there was a confusion there was confusion on jalen williams third foul and the refs had to go through and look at every single foul for him throughout the the uh through the previous two quarters and that took that took a lot of time it was it was just a strange moment uh the pa announcer Ne- never addressed the the crowd at State Farm Arena about what was going on, so people were confused about that pause. That was just just an interesting interesting moment there.
0: Yeah, and you know, right after that, you know, the Hawks kind of you know put their foot on, get on the gas a little bit. You know, driven by Dejounte, uh, he took a real tough mid range shot, hits it. Then you have uh, CC put back and another CC put back. Uh Capella on the glass, definitely in the third and fourth quarter was phenomenal. I felt like, you know, if there was anything coming off the rim offensively or defensively, he was there um, and making an impact on it. And, you know, we talked about rebounding in this game when you got bigs like Chet. You know, it is important to make sure that you know you're getting the rebounds, and the Hawks definitely did that.
1: Yeah, as we go in here a little bit into more into the third, there was a possession that I really want to highlight uh, by Trent Forrest. Shea Gilders-Alexander, one of the best guys uh, in the, on the perimeter in terms of footwork. He's elite at, at pivoting, getting himself into positions to draw a foul or get an easy layup with his long strides. Trent Forrest didn't fall for that at all. He had two straight possessions of where uh, Shea picked up his dribble near the nail in the paint, and... He just absolutely locked him up. And th- those, type, those types of possessions are something where you say, you know, Trent, Trent Forrest doesn't play a lot, but he's making such an impact on this game that Quinn Snyder, I think, played it more than he planned on. Uh, and after Jalen Johnson was in foul trouble, he had a guy that he could go to uh, to lean on, uh, to, to kind of contain SGA. He had, now he had a good game overall counting stats wise you know Shea finished with 33 points and 13 rebounds but a lot of that came in came in the fourth quarter and I thought Trent did a pretty good job overall
0: yeah I felt like Trent in that third once the he he had that block on SGA I felt like he in his mind you figured out something where he's like no the, you know I could guard this guy and I think he, he tasked himself with that. And man, what what a great job he did definitely in that third quarter.
1: Yeah, DeJounte continued in the third quarter with dri- driving the ball and get- getting fouled. The- Jalen Williams then hits a three, uh, the other Jalen Williams, and the Hawks call a timeout 106 97. Now, you might be asking yourself the Hawks played great defense in that first quarter. They only had 25 points. Well, this game was both, both both teams have over 100 points by the end of the third quarter. So it kind of shows you uh, kind of the, the big contrast about what happened in the first quarter for the Hawks compared to uh, the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, and, you know, a uh, great ATO um, from Quinn Snyder <laughs> coming out of that timeout. Um, he found a way to get OO up under the rim. Again, the mismatch against SGA – easy foul call i mean sga you know wrapped him up and and it was just an easy two points for the hawks and then you know something else trent Forrest. <laughs> at that point um you got a bogey three a trade three and trent Forrest was doing his thing on defense against sga where you know they were you know trent Forrest at that point was making you know OKC beat you without SGA at that point. I felt like he had him under wraps. And, you know, and Wallace hits a three. But, you know, Trey um, slowed down the game again, like Trey Young does, uh, and gets to the line. And he makes it 116 to
1: 110. And the Hawks ended up in the third quarter. They gave up 44. They scored 40. That's kind of a microcup of a lot of the Hawks season right there. Um, but moving into the fourth, we kind of unfortunately saw the the Hawks the Hawks team that has been struggling in the fourth rear its ugly head again. 25 points scored in the fourth quarter compared to 35 for OKC, and it kind of was a slow process. But really, I think we can mostly go to the sub three minute mark here in the fourth and kind of uh, kind of wrap it up there because this game. The Hawks had it one double digits with with over two minutes with under two minutes to go, but they just could not close it well. And it took it took a a really a really um, really confusing and really nerve wracking three from Isaiah Joe to miss to allow the Hawks to win the game. Yeah, I mean
0: at the three minute and forty five second mark, it was a fifteen point game, and I felt like. At that point, this game was over. Uh, the Hawks were just gonna, you know, kind of close it out. And man, um, you know, Dejounte Murray hits a three, and that's what puts the Hawks up fifteen. And then after that, Trey Young um, tries to get another charge. Um, unfortunately, uh, Quinn, Quinn Snyder challenged it; um, it was unsuccessful. Um, they go to the line, hit two. Um, it felt like in this game, you know, definitely late, the Hawks have just so much struggled with closing out basketball games. And, um, you know, you got a great putback by CC, Jalen Williams, three, and you know, JJ has a, a putback, but you know, at that point, when Jalen Williams hits a three, it's a 10 point game.
1: Yeah, this it, the the I think I think the thing that bothered me the most about how the Hawks closed this game was the amount of easy layups that they gave up to cut the lead to ten. Um, in, inside the last few minutes, I understand you know not wanting to stop the clock, giving them some free throws, but uh, I I just thought the the lackadaisical defense that they played throughout the end of the fourth was was pretty pretty disturbing to watch.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of of what that has to do with it is Jalen Johnson, uh, you know, had five fouls at that point. And, you know, Jalen is a great rim protector, you know, definitely alongside Clint. And, and you know, you can't risk that six foul. Definitely, you know, going down the stretch in a tight game, you want Jalen to be playing. And, you know, I I thought that maybe he was a little overcautious sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to see him sitting on the bench at the end of this one.
1: Yeah, and when there's under a minute to go, I think I do want him trying to contest those shots. But, yeah, he, he was definitely conservative, and he'll learn more, more and more as he gets into those situations as teams really game plan for him and try to attack him to get him into foul trouble because of the impact he makes for the Hawks. But SGA made this a five-point game when he hit a layup of 141-136 with 43 seconds left. Um, after that, DeJounte missed a floater. SGA made a, made a mid-range shot. And the Hawks played a great possession here. Um, Trey Young held the ball. They got it to Jalen uh, DeJounte, and they passed it around the perimeter, ended up getting a wide-open bogey three to try and hit the dagger. Unfortunately, he missed it, and this is when the Hawks had to really clamp down and force a miss to uh, to come out in the win and not make the game go to overtime. The Thunder had a chance to win this game, Tim, with a, uh, sorry, to t- send this game over to overtime with under – with just over three seconds to go, and they had the ball.
0: Yeah, I felt like, you know, that Isaiah Joe shot was, you know, really good contest from uh, Trey Forrest. Again, um, make an impact on the defensive side. But these these kind of uh, collapses in the fourth quarter are um, quite frustrating, I can imagine, definitely for all the Hawks fans out there. OKC went on an 18-6 to run. To make this a three-point game at the end of it um you know the hawks struggled their last game closing that one out and you know it's becoming a trend now at this point and i think that you know that's something that quinn snyder is going to have to dig in his bag of tricks and see if he can pull out a lineup that can stop the bleeding but also still be productive on the offensive end
1: yeah, hopefully that, fig- that he come figures that out sooner rather than later. As we move on to the box score here, we'll start with Garrison Matthews, two for three from the field, one of two from deep. He finished with five points and two assists. I thought, uh, like Tim men- Tim, you mentioned earlier, I thought he was pretty good in his minutes, and, and really a lot of a lot of the bench guys were.
0: Yeah, I-, I thought Garrison was fun. Um, moving to Anyeka Kongwu, uh, twenty-two minutes, three from four from the field. Um, Seven rebounds, one steal, 11 points. I thought Anyaka um definitely on the glass and, and in his minutes um, played really well in this
1: game. Yeah, but both I thought both the centers will go into Clint Capella later, but I thought both of them were really good. As we move on here to Trent Forrest, he played 14 minutes. He was three of three from the field, so he hit three layups, six points, also had two assists and two rebounds. We mentioned his name a lot on this podcast, him, and for good reason. He came in, defended SGA really well, and made it tough. Made him scoring really tough.
0: Yeah, I thought Trent Forrest was probably, you know, one of the second best, maybe the second best player in this game tonight. Uh, I felt like his impact, uh, definitely in that third quarter, was phenomenal. Um, moving to bogey. 27 minutes, six, uh, seven from 16 from the field, five from 11 from deep, uh, four assists, one rebound, one steal, 23 points. Uh, I felt like Bogey played a
1: really good game. Yeah, he, he had a tail two house for sure. He kind of uh, stole that from DeJounte. Really good first half. Couldn't shoot it that well in the second. But, yeah, you look at those overall, overall stats. Bogey had a really good night. And I really like how – When Trent Forrest is in the game, he's not the strongest offensive player. So bogey a lot of times uh, when Trent was in the game. He initiated that offense next to DeJounte, and I thought he was pretty good at that tonight. As we move on to the starters here, uh, we'll start with Sadiq Bey. Didn't shoot well, 3 of 12 from the field. Uh, 10 points, 1 block, 2 assists, 8 rebounds, 2 of 8 from deep. Obviously, Sadiq's still in that shooting slump, but I thought he was all right tonight. He had a lot of wide-open looks he didn't hit. Uh, defensively it was a bit rough uh but you know Sadiq, Sadiq is a better shooter than this i think think we all know that and i'm confident he's he's going to figure that shot out eventually just just a rough patch form right now
0: yeah, um, for Sadiq, uh, you know, I, I always harp on his defense, but I, I felt like he had a really good block on SGA in this game. I felt yep. like defensively uh, he, he definitely stepped it up tonight. Um, moving on to Clint Capella, 25 minutes, five from eight from the field, 14 rebounds, three blocks, 12 points. Clint, uh, Clint
1: Capella was phenomenal in this game. Yep, that's perfect word to describe him there. He's been really good this season overall, and when when you're getting this center play that the Hawks and Hawks fans imagine they would over, over the over the 48 minutes over the course of these last what say two weeks, uh, this, this it's really good. Just gotta just gotta equate it to wins, hopefully, and everybody everybody will uh, will recognize it. For Dejounte Murray, in 35 minutes, he's shot eight of 18 from the field, two of five from deep, uh, for 22 points, six assists, six rebounds, no steals for Dejounte. So you don't see that very often. Uh, But 4-4 or from the line is encouraging uh, that he got to the line some. I thought DeJounte, tail two halves, but the opposite this time. Uh, Not not great in the first half, only four points on four shots. But in the second half, he really got things going. And I really loved how he was able to get to the rim and and put pressure on it, especially with Jalen and foul trouble and Trey having to go against such good perimeter defenders with the Thunder. I thought he adjusted his game well uh, to still be able to impact the game on that end.
0: Yeah, we, we talked about DeJounte, and, you know, he had a rough first half, but he definitely came out in the second half and, and did his thing. Uh, with Bogey struggling in the second half, I mean, it just – it worked out really well for the Hawks in this one. Yeah. Um, Trey Young in this game, 33 minutes, 6 for 13 from the field, 2 for 9 from deep, which is, um, I feel like, a um, a little bit low for Trey. Um I felt like 11 assists is is always, you know, Trey's thing. Six turnovers, a little concerning, um, 24 points. I felt like, you know, Trey had an okay game. Uh, He had to deal with a a bunch of really good perimeter defenders in this game. So um, I I felt like Trey had an okay game.
1: Yeah, this is one of those games where you definitely got to look at the context, what the Thunder have, uh, and and how many guys they throw out on the different looks. So – you know they they made Trey stay on the perimeter a lot. His A game is getting to that rim and and getting downhill, forcing forcing fouls, causing havoc in the paint on the offensive end. But it wasn't able to do that, and I thought he deferred a lot in the second half, and rightfully so, his teammates came through. And the player of the game for the Hawks tonight, setting a new career high with 28 points, Jalen Johnson. In only 28 minutes and 56 seconds, he shot 11 of 18 from the field, two of four from deep, for four steals. Three assists, seven rebounds, and uh, I said those that career high twenty eight points. He's just coming into his own right now, Tim. And when he when he takes the the second, he takes the most shots on the team, tied with Dejounte Murray. That lets me know that the teams teams are eventually going to have to game plan for this guy because he's coming. Yeah, uh, I mean.
0: Yeah, we, we have talked countless times on this podcast now about Jalen Johnson's impact, um, not on the offensive side, the defensive side. You know, he affects every asset in the game, uh, whether it's rebounds, assists, um, blocks, um, steals. You know, he affects everything. And he has definitely made his mark since returning from injury. And, um, you know, hopefully the Hawks can turn that into more wins and, you know, really you know get things rolling
1: yeah he had an amazing offensive game tonight obviously but I thought tonight was one of his weaker nights on the defensive end but he was able to make up for that with with just the amount of the amount of times he's impacting the game on the other end or or just you know providing that energy the spark that the team need that this team needs uh when Trey is not in the game to put pressure on the rim
0: all right, so let's move to the three keys. The Atlanta Hawks played the Indiana Pacers on Friday. Um, you know, my my first key is slowing this team down in transition. Um, the Indiana Pacers are the number one team in transition in the NBA this year, and. I think that, you know, from the last game we played against Indiana, which was a track meet, um, this is just has to be a key in the game. And uh, a great offense stops teams from getting in transition as much because if you're taking the ball out of the basket, you, you, you know, teams have a little bit of time to get back.
1: Yeah uh 157 to 152 was the lat was the score last time these two teams met at state farm arena obviously the pacers ended up winning that game just amazing shot making in the fourth quarter by them so can the hawks score keep up their scoring and keep them from taking the ball out of the net like you were talking about tim and on and another thing to slow them down keeping the turnovers down keeping those turnovers down and and that, that transitions beautifully into the second key here. Rebounding is also uh, going to make them slow them down because once the Pacers get a defensive rebound, on the, um, these, this team just absolutely finds the outlet as quick as a snap. Like they they want to get out and run and give the ball to Tyrese Hallman so he can make a play into addition every single time they're going to look to do it. So if the Hawks can, can send you know, your two, two top rebounders on the floor – but get back and have those guys try to create havoc on the glass, I think that's the best way to go if you're Quinn Snyder.
0: Yeah, and something with the rebound, uh, the rebounding, uh, it has to be – you have to be doing a great job at you know forcing them – away from the offensive glass, Uh, something that Indiana is really good at second chance points. Uh, Miles Turner is great at kicking the ball back out. And, you know, you got guys like Buddy Hill, Tyrese Halliburton, those kind of guys that can hit the three-pointer at high clips. So you have to definitely make sure you're um, making great attention on the offensive glass.
1: And besides Miles Turner, the Pacers lineup is actually pretty small. So I think the Hawks are definitely going to have the on paper advantage on the glass. Let's see if Jalen Johnson, Clint Capello, Nyeka Okamu, DeJounte Murray also makes the impacts on the glass a lot of times. Let's see if they uh, can really put those rebounds numbers up and limit the possessions for the for Indiana with their high-powered offense.
0: Uh, and the third point is gonna be finishing games. I felt like you know, these last two games, the Hawks have had, you know, double-digit leads late in these games. And they find a way to, you know, let them get away. Mikey, what's one thing that you think the Hawks can do to help them prevent these late fourth quarter collapses?
1: Well, I think a, a lot of a lot of it stems from off, honestly offensive execution. I don't the the offense late in games definitely slows down a bit. Uh, def- defensively, it is what it is. This, this team is, uh, is not good defensively overall. But I think settling in offensively, not going as much ISO heavy, uh, I think that is going to be the biggest thing for the Hawks to, to kind of close out games. And, you know, you can get those timely stops like the Hawks did here on that uh, late three by Isaiah Joe, but it shouldn't come down uh, to the final buzzer if the Hawks are leading by double digits. But let's see if the Hawks can make this a three-game winning streak in what's sure to be an entertaining matchup on Friday. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinowizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.